You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome and Merry Christmas. This is Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, which is being dropped on Christmas Day, we will be discussing the best World Series Game 2s. That may not be grammatically correct, but you know what I'm saying about the 2010s, the second game of the World Series, which one were the best ones, and we'll take a deep look at some of them. Some I bet you forgot, and one I guarantee you didn't. This episode is available on the free and easy use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PlayRF, and Podbean. All the places where you get your podcasts. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. And check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On MLB, where they're doing great stuff and great things promoting all the different shows. It really is your team every day. I'm personally at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I want to address one thing on this Christmas morning. My dear friend Marcel's listening to this in Switzerland. Uh, fans of this show and of the old Sully Baseball podcast know he is Cubs fan with an eight. The rabid Cubs fan living somewhere yodeling in the hills of Switzerland. He wrote to me yesterday because I was talking about the best game six and game sevens of the National Championship Series. He said, Sully Baseball, of course, I'm totally biased. But shouldn't Game 6 of the 2016 NLCS get more credit? I am. It was not a close game, but apart from Don Larson's perfect game, it is the only game in postseason history where the pitchers face the minimum number of batters. Good point. I forgot to mention that while talking about the best Game 6s. Um, I had forgotten that fact. I, 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 complete confession. I forgot that the Cubs held the Dodgers to the minimum number of batters due to a pair of double plays induced by Aroldis Chapman at the end of the game, clinching the pennant. You're right. You're right. I should have mentioned that. I will stand by that game six of the 2010 NLCS was a better game. It was the fate of two franchises, and it was down to the final pitch. And so I'm, I don't think that game six of 2016 NLCS was better than that one. But I should have mentioned that fact. Okay, so there you go. I, mea culpa, I forgot that piece of information while going over it. Well, we're moving on to the World Series Game 2 on this Christmas morning. And by the way, I hope this becomes a Yuletide tradition. I hope that for those of you who celebrate Christmas, I hope you open the presents and the wrapping papers everywhere. And you put your robes on, you get your cocoa, you see what you got. And you sit down and say, what are we going to do? What are we going to play? Bing Crosby, White Krispies. Are we going to play the Charlie Brown Christmas by Vince Guaraldi, which is my favorite Christmas album of all time? What can we do to snuggle under the blanket for this Yuletide cheer? And I really hope that from now on you say, we're going to see what Sully has to say on Locked On MLB as you're sipping down your cocoa. Don't let the marshmallows melt too fast. We got to hear what Sully has to say about Game 2 of the World Series of the past decade. Now, uh, let's go through the honorable mentions first. Uh, 2011, Colby Lewis 
and Jaime Garcia both pitched great games, allowing one run between them as they both pitched into the seventh inning. Alan Craig of the Cardinals broke up the scoreless tie with a two-out RBI single in the seventh. And the Cardinals were three outs away from taking a commanding two-game-to-none series lead over the Rangers that year. But Ian Kinsler, who just retired, reached on a weird infield pop-up single, stole second, reached third on a hit, and scored on a sacrifice fly by Josh Hamilton to tie the game. And then Michael Young knocked in Elvis Andrews with another sacrifice fly. It wasn't the most dynamic rally in the world, but it brought in two runs, and Naftali Feliz worked around a leadoff walk, and the Rangers got the win 2-1, to one, sent the series back to St. Louis. No, I'm sorry, back to Arlington, 1-1. to one. Okay, another honorable mention is 2012. Now, remember, Madison Bumgarner pitched a terrific game against the Rangers in the 2010 World Series. In 2012, he made a second World Series start and was really good. He added to his World Series legend by throwing seven shutout innings, striking out eight Tigers along the way. Doug Fister matched him inning for inning. And then there was a weird thing. It was a nothing-nothing game in the seventh with two on, and the Tigers conceded a run to get a double play. So they had – now they were down one nothing with Madison Bumgarner on the mound. But they figured, we've got Cabrera. We've got Prince Fielder. We've got big bats. We can get one run, can't we? Nope. The answer to that would be nope. And they wound up losing the game 2 nothing. The odds saying there was a smart move to play for the double play in the seventh inning. Concede the run. They can squeeze one run across. Didn't happen. Tigers lost. And I kind of set it off what was happening in the World Series for the Tigers that year. They lost 2 nothing to the Giants. Another good game, two of the World Series. Michael Waka in 2013 looked invincible at October. But David Ortiz did as well, and he had a go-ahead home run off of Waka in the sixth inning. And suddenly we Red Sox fans had thoughts of a third World Series sweep dancing in our heads to go along with the 2004 sweep the 2007 sweep, boom, we were looking at a 2013 sweep. But the Red Sox played some sloppy defense, and there was a timely Carlos Beltran RBI hit that gave the Cardinals a 4-2 lead, and St. Louis tied the series at a game apiece, which was the first Red Sox World Series loss, game loss, since losing game, six, uh, game seven of the 1986 World Series. So there was not going to be a sweep. Uh, in 2018, another Red Sox game. This was another game where they were losing, this time to L.A. And Ryan Madsen, who was going to become a whipping boy for the uh, Dodgers in 2018, he allowed three inherited runners to score in the fifth inning, and it turned a 2-1 to Dodger lead into a 4-2 to Red Sox advantage. David Price and company would hold on and take the 2-0 series lead. And just this last year, in a really weird game, the Nationals and the Astros took a 2-2 pitcher's duel into the seventh. Remember that? It was 2-2. Strasburg wiggled out of trouble in the sixth inning, but Strasburg versus Verlander looked like it was going to live up to the billing. The Astros went for it in the bottom of the sixth. They lifted Robinson Chirinos, the catcher, for a pinch hitter. It didn't work out. 
Martin Maldonado came in to catch. And for whatever reason, I know correlation does not always equal causation, but for whatever reason, the Nationals just exploded. Their bats went nuts. Kurt Suzuki homered and Washington unloaded. And what was a 2-2 game turned into, a, I think, a pretty misleading 12-3 final. You casually look at that and say, man, the Nationals blew them out of the water. Was it even close? It actually was close. It was just weird. They scored all their runs at the end. So those are the honorable mentions for the best game two of the World Series of this decade. But there is a clear-cut winner of which one was the best. Now, look at Let's say you're meeting friends after Christmas and you want to get them a present and you want to pretend you bought it in time for Christmas. You're kind of like a, a little bit too late. But yeah, I'm not going to see you till the 28th. You can still get a present for them. If you're looking for that kind of gift for a sports fan, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts and te- around teams, passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Okay. What was the best game two of the World Series of the 2010s? It was a wild game for a World Series that I'm going to refer to again later in this series. Uh, Houston Astros. L.A. Dodgers, 2017. Dodgers took game one of the World Series in this matchup of 100-win teams. And it looked like the Dodgers were going to try to get that 2-0 series lead. Rich Hill got into a little bit of trouble this weekend trying to go to a Patriots-Bills game. Didn't quite understand the story. Uh, He let up a RBI single to Alex Bregman in the third but Jock Peterson homered off of Verlander in the fifth, tying the series, tying the game up at one to one. Corey Seager hit a home run in the sixth. Dodgers were up three to one, and it looked like they're on cruise control to take that two nothing series lead. Carlos Correa singled home Bregman in the eighth to make it a one run game. They handed the ball to Kenley Jansen in the ninth, and he led up a leadoff homer to Marwin Gonzalez that just cleared the wall. And boom, it was tied. And then, well, then the craziness ensued. Dodgers were retired by Ken Giles, one, two, three in the ninth inning. In the 10th, Josh Fields coming in to pitch now that Kenley Jansen was ineffective in the ninth. Josh Fields, let's just be kind to him, was not good. Now, he was going up against very, very good you know, hitters. Uh, Jose Altuve, what did he do? He hit a home run to lead off the inning. Astros are up four to three. Carlos Correa said, hey, that looked neat. I think I'll do the same thing. He hit a home run. Astros are up five to three. Yuli Gurriel came up. What did he do? He hit a double. Okay. At this point, boom, awful job of relief, Josh Fields. In comes Tony Singrani, who wound up uh, getting McCann out, walked Marwin Gonzalez, and Josh Reddick hit into a ground ball double play to end the inning. So hand the ball back to Ken Giles to finish the game up. Yasio Puig wound up hitting a home run to left center field to make it a one-run game. Giles struck out Grandal, struck out Barnes. Ah, this game's over. What are you going to do? 
3-2 pitch, he walks Logan, Logan Forsythe. Eh, all right, that's fine. Then a wild pitch, move Forsythe to second. And then Kiki Hernandez singled into right field. And in came uh, Forsythe to score. The game was tied 5-5. And on the throw, Hernandez moved to second. In comes Davinsky. In comes Taylor. Taylor hit a fly ball to center field. We're going to the 11th inning. And you can just tell this is going to be back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Cameron Mabin came up to lead off the 11th. Mabin was an afterthought being acquired at the last minute from the Angels and was barely, I think he made, he was eligible for the postseason roster by like a day. He came up to lead off the top of the 11th with a single. He took second on a stolen base and up stepped George Springer, who hit a ball to right center field. Boom. Astros back up 7-5. All right. So now with a 7-5 lead, Corey Seager lines out. Justin Turner lines out. Up steps Charlie Culberson, who hits a fly ball home run to deep left center field, and he's celebrating, pointing at the dugout, jumping up and down and everything. And you wanted to say, Charlie, buddy, that didn't tie the game. And I, to this day, I think he thought it did. I think he thought it tied the game. It didn't make it a one-run game. It was 7-5. That made it 7-6. Up step Yasiel Puig. He struck out on a full count. And the Astros held on 7-6. Now, a lot was written about how the Dodgers lost Game 7 of the World Series. A lot was written about how they lost what I would bring up in a wild Game 5 of the World Series. But, man, how this World Series could have been different. Maybe the entire Dodger legacy, maybe the entire Astros legacy for this decade would have been different if the Dodgers had won this game and taken a 2-0 series lead to Houston. If they were up 2-0 and went there, how would this World Series have unfolded differently? We don't know. You don't know. We can never know unless we replay time. If you know how to do that, I doubt the first thing you would do is replay game two of the 2017 World Series. So there you go. That is the best game two of the World Series for the decade. Tomorrow, Boxing Day, we're going to be talking about game three. So go to the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places to get podcasts are available. And check us out on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnMLB. Talking about the best game two of the World Series for this decade on Christmas morning. This is Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy Ricky Henderson's birthday. And you can call me Sullivan.